How happy are you at work? Hey, now, stop looking at me like that. Yes, it's possible to work happy. In fact, my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast works happy and is a speaker and mental health champion, helps businesses like Nike, Coca-Cola, and Remax reduce turnover, boost productivity, and create a positive work culture. So smile just a little, and let's discover how to work happy. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey Work Positive Nation, help me welcome my guest to this episode. Are you ready to get happy with Greg Katner? Greg, man, thanks for being on the Work Positive Podcast. I'm excited. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Joy. I really appreciate it. It's been good to get to know you. And every time we talk, uh, I get to work happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not convinced that we weren't separated at birth, brother. I really am. Because, yeah. I mean, we got Work Positive, we got Work Happy. So, Work positively happy has got to be a thing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> work I'm going to go trademark positive. that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, I am delighted to have you on today. So uh, tell us all about work happy. How'd you, how'd you come up with that? Well, the short story was during COVID, I uh, was talking to my boss uh, two in the afternoon and I said, all right, I will see you tomorrow. And he said, oh, by the way, I eliminated your uh, job. And I said, oh, <laughs> no, he, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. He said it that that's a good joke. <laughs> he goes, No, I'm not joking. I go, That's how you're gonna tell somebody that you're no longer working. He goes, Yeah, you're not essential. And I said, Well, I think you're not essential. Um <laughs> back at you, buddy. <laughs> oh but he was a manager. Um and so yeah, I, I hung up the phone and you know, within a matter of two minutes I went from fully employed to nothing going into COVID. And so I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I had to run upstairs and tell Becky that, you know, we're down to one income, uh, as of, uh, a couple minutes ago. And, and you know, and Dr. Joe, you know, this women are good for us, right? Because my first reaction was write a letter to the editor. This is stupid. I'm right. He's wrong. Yeah. We're, we're going to fix it. Yeah. Right. You know, mm -hmm. post it all over Facebook, LinkedIn, just to get back at the guy. And I said, that's what I feel like. <laughs> Scorched earth policy, right? We're going <laughs> to <Right>. burn him. <laughs> and uh, she's so smart and so kind and so forward thinking. She said, you know what? Don't do that. You're hot. You're you're, you're pissed off. Mm -hmm. I get it. But mm -hmm. you need to go golfing. I said, all right. Now, when the wife tells him to go golfing, that's right, actually special. Her, her, uh, her antidote was to go golfing? Dude, that would, like, frustrate me even more. <laughs> well, I was probably frustrated more after the golf game. Yeah. But, you know, and so I did. And, and uh, I, I did that, and, and I came back, and I was still hot. And we talked about it. You know, she said, don't worry about it. We've, we've, got, hmm. we've got savings for six months. We're good to go. Hmm. Um, let's figure out what you want to do next. And so that week we just kept on kind of talking like, what do I want to do? What can I do going into COVID? And mm. one night we we're talking and she said, what would you want to do if you could do anything right now? I said, I would love to go back on stage, tell jokes and make people happy. 
Mm. Well, comedy clubs are probably shutting down because of COVID. Yeah. She said, but there's a lot of people who don't work happy, who don't, who hate their jobs or don't get along with their bosses or their coworkers. Mm-hmm. And she said, you've always been a positive guy ever since I knew you through college and then when we started dating again. Mm. And she goes, you've had great and bad work experiences. Why don't you go back and help other people work happy, how to create their own culture of work happy, mm. right? So they can be more productive. They can be less stressed, better mental health, make more money, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's it. And so I got on, I started Googling work happy and there's nobody going with it. So I, I just started building and I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn, got connected with people like you. And it, it's just been uh, very empowering and, and very fulfilling because my whole career, I've been in sales and it was always, okay, I got to get more money. I got to, uh, you know, become manager, move my way up. Right. Um, but for the first time I laughed the last three years, I haven't been chasing money. I've been chasing service. How do I help other people mm. learn what I've learned through hard knocks and studying and, and managing and leading and all those kinds of things. Mm. And, and the conversations that I have after I get off the stage or during coaching sessions, right. About how, people just aren't truly happy and, you know, mm. giving them the ways and means on how to do stuff, whether it's mindset, um, you know, communication, all those kinds of things. And so it's just been a pleasure helping people. And and the biggest passion that I have is, is how, helping people have conversations around mental health, mm. right? We've all gone through it, especially the last three years. Ooh. If anybody says, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, you're the unicorn. <laughs> no, they're lying, man. They'll lie to you about yeah. other stuff too. <laughs> yeah, send you to the Smithsonian for for proof. Um, <laughs> but you know, and and I thought that you know, mental health. Why would I ever ask a buddy how his headspace is, or mm. you know, that? Um, but five years ago, my my stepdaughter lost her dad to suicide, mm. um, and I didn't know him really well. We went to college together, no. um, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll just be there to support my daughter, my stepdaughter, and, and Becky. And mm-hmm. then I saw the effect that I had on them and it really affected me. And so I just, I really dug in and took classes and listened to seminars and, and mm-hmm. whatever I could get my hands on, right? To How do we talk about this? How do we have a conversation before an incident rather than after the incident? Mm-hmm. Um, so my passion is speaking to people and letting them know that it's okay to talk about mental health. And, and when I do, and we've had this conversation before, every time you talk to somebody, that person goes, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Or I know somebody's gone through that. Or I've lost somebody from suicide. I may have had thoughts of suicide myself, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all thinking, oh, I got to keep it together because everybody else is keeping it together. <laughs> but if we just talk about it, it's so refreshing, right? Because every time I talk to my friends, I end with, how's your headspace? Mm. Right? And yep. they know if they're struggling, they can call me. Or I, I know that I can call them. So that is what my passion is. How do we create a, a culture where people can take these these steps to create their own work happy culture that works for their organization? Yeah. And, you know, that's been, as we've talked about before, Greg, offline, that's been one of the amazing benefits that's come out of COVID is that we have begun to explore more of our humanity and particularly related yeah. to work. And since 70% of our waking hours at least are spent working, right? 
Yeah. We bring our whole selves to the workspace. And so being able to talk about mental health issues and just seeing those kinds of things come to the forefront now of conversations that it's okay to have this conversation as opposed to this whole stoic uh, iron veneer that we try to put on. So yeah. I'm, re- I'm really stoked um, about the potential for humanity becoming more human Mm-hmm. Uh, than we ever have before. And that's really an, an amazing space that you and I are in to help people work happy and work positive. So Absolutely. how do, um, let's say I'm, I'm trying to attract top talent. Of course, some people yep. just want to attract talent of any kind today, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need a warm body in C3. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, and then six weeks later, it's clean up on C3. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but anyway, how do we take this um, work happy way of of having better conversations or <laughs> having some conversations, but certainly better conversations about mental health? How do we take that into the talent attraction phase uh, of of our work culture? How do we talk to people about that openly in um, in that getting to know you phase and trying to determine you know if they're the best fit in our culture? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I I think it starts with with leadership, right? Whether mm-hmm. you are uh, at the top running the company or if you're interviewing people, right? What is your mindset when you're sitting down and interviewing people to help you? Obviously, we need people to help us. Yep. But if it and it's different, right? If you're in manufacturing and you need somebody to do a specific thing, you can train that, right? But you can't train attitude. You can't train right. personality. You can't train drive. Right. And so I found in my career when I was, you know, leading teams and hiring, mm-hmm. I I knew that I could teach them how to sell, mm. but I couldn't teach them how to be nice. Please <laughs> and thank you. How can I help? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned over the years as well too. You know, when when I used to go and uh, interview at companies, I was always worried: what are they going to like me? Am I going to say the right things? And yeah. and then I got to the other side of the table. And I'm like, I want to know what this person wants from their job because I know what our company offers, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, we have good pay, we have benefits, we have, you know, a summer barbecue and a Christmas party. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the person I'm interviewing, that's maybe not what they want. Maybe mm-hmm. they're an introvert and they want to work from home and put in their eight to 10 hours a day and do everything and stay away from people. Mm-hmm. Well, if that job requires that, and that's your culture, ask that person what they are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a single dad and he wants mm-hmm. more time to spend yeah. with his kids. So he wants to work from home, have that flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it really, to attract top talent, you need to ask what the market wants, mm-hmm. right? I, I know a lot of, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, his company, they're great. Every Christmas they give out a $1,500 bonus in a turkey, which is awesome. But, what if you have what if 13 percent of your your employees are, are vegetarian what, what does it matter to them right they're getting a turkey oh that's great but so when we ask people what they want i think it kind of goes i have a little bit of a variation on the golden rule instead of doing to others what you want them to do unto you mm-hmm. you want to others what they want done to them mm-hmm. right so have those conversation right. and create a people first culture we create great communication with people I and mean, we have patterns on how to to work and fit into the culture. And that's where the profits end. Mm. You know, 
come out at the end if we if, and and that's Richard Branson, right? Treat treat your employees like gold, mm-hmm. and they'll take care of your customers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Greg Kettner is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Go right now to Greg Kettner. That's Kettner with two T's. Uh, dot com. And uh, yeah, well, Fawcett's got two T's. So of course, Kettner's and got two G's as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, com and, and check out some of the great resources he's got to help you work happy over there. So let's say I begin having those conversations early on and I'm discovering what I can about this person and trying to decide what's best for the company as well as him or her in terms of this culture fit. So let's say that I invite them to, to come on and work with us and let's say they're a part of our team. Uh, man, you know, team turnover is huge today. Yeah. People change jobs probably more often than I do socks in the summer. <laughs> okay, not winter, but that's pretty smelly. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, and and so you know, you read where it's at least two and a half times. Peter Capelli from Morton's uh, B School was on one of these episodes. He says, "Nah, Joey, it's it's more like ten or twelve times a person's <laughs> annual salary to find someone else, train them, and bring them on." So how do I help create this work happy culture that onboards someone well and and helps them find you know what they're looking for in terms yeah. of belonging and things like that so that I reduce team turnover and I'm not having to find somebody every six months? Yeah, well, and, that, and that's another great question. I think it, it, it depends on, on the age that you're onboarding, right? Mm. If they're our age, 50 plus it's going to be different value set and it's going to be different what we need. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, at least I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm, I'm worried about I'm to, service to others is my big thing okay. and money for retirement. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, my, my sister just start, well, she started college in the fall. So we'll need at least more money for four more years. Uh, for, for oh, that. you think it's going to be just four? <laughs> I'm trying to trick myself, Joey. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's interesting, right? Because we do uh, an interview at the beginning and an exit interview. And I think an extra yeah. exit interview is a waste of time, right? Because typically that person's pissed off. They're not going to give you exact feedback. They're going to mm-hmm. give you feedback from everything that's happened from the beginning to then. Mm. Right. So instead of an exit interview, why don't we have a weekly one on ones instead of going, well, what are your numbers? What are you doing? What have you done for me? Mm-hmm. How are you? Mm. How's your headspace? How's your family? Mm. So I, I think the the onboarding should be ongoing, not just the first 30 days. Right. Right. We got them up to speed. Let them go away. And, you know, it's just interesting. Even the interview questions I remember once um, because I did stand up back in the day. Uh, they asked me and I had a bit of a gap. In, in my resume because I did stand up for six years. And uh, she asked me that question that we all love. She's like, what's your biggest weakness? I said, that's easy. My biggest weakness is chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> it took her a lot longer to laugh. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it, it's it's asking the first people what they need to fit into your culture. What would you like our culture to bring, right? Because we're... We're from all different kinds of communities and upbringings and, and race and uh, class, whatever. But ask them, what do you want? What do you want to bring to our culture, right? Mm. Maybe there's something that we're missing that we can. And so I think once <laughs> once you get them in and ask them and keep them interactive. Mm. I recently wrote a study 
that they did during COVID. And they said coming out of COVID, people would rather feel like their voice is heard, that they matter, a pat on the back and a thank you versus a $10,000 raise. Mm. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty incredible. And I was telling a friend of mine, uh, he runs a, a nursing home mm. and he had a really great nurse that came to him one day and she said, you know what? I've, I've, I found another opportunity. I need to take it. It pays, you know, so much more an hour. I need it for my family. She goes, I love it here. I love the culture, but it, this is totally a money play. And he said, you know what? I, I just don't have the budget to, to match. But if anything goes sideways or if there's anything I can do or reference or right. anything, I'm all on board, right? Because yeah. he's got a great culture. Right. Uh, I said, well, how did that go? And he said, she called him back 48 hours later and said, I want my job back. Can I still have it? He goes, absolutely. Wow. Because the culture was so horrible, it didn't matter now about the salary, right? She was, was willing yes, to pay salary so she yeah. could have better mental health yeah. and, and enjoy going to work. Boy, that was a really work sucks culture, right? Because if it's right. 48 hours, I thought you were going to say three weeks. Yeah. So it's an ongoing conversation. Yeah. We remember that it's people who do the work. <laughs> and so we're constantly just tapping into their resources and offering them hours. And, you know, how can we do better? It's just continuous learning uh, to improve, right? In terms of the culture. Um, it, it's got to be ongoing. Uh, and I, yeah. man, I so appreciate that. I also appreciate the way you talk about Greg. It's a relationship because everything you said suggests a relationship that these are two people getting to know each other and relating to each other and caring about each other, just really breaking that relational ice in a different way, yeah. which ironically increases profits. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Drives right, right to yeah. the bottom line. Sounds squishy, uh, but drives right to the bottom line. Yeah, especially if you're a sales organization. Um, research shows that if you have happy salespeople, people enjoy going to work, they enjoy the people they work with. And one of the big factors of, of working happy is having a friend, a good friend at work, right? Mm. You might not. And, and a lot of times, right, if, if I have a really good job, I'm like, well, I want my buddy to come work here. He'd love it here, right? Yeah. So you try and bring your friends. But a big factor of working happy is, is having friends in the workplace that you can lean on for good and bad, right? If something's going sideways with your manager, they work for the same company, they're in the same kind of culture. Mm -hmm. You can ask them instead of, you know, having a, a conversation that might go sideways with your boss. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, once you get into to, and retain people, it, it's like uh, a marriage, right? You start dating and everything great and then you get the honeymoon and you get married and yeah. years later, you're just like, okay, well, we have kids and we have jobs. And you still have to go out on dates. You have to check in. How am I doing? What else can I do? Here's what I need yeah. from you, yeah. right? And and doing that in getting a culture where your management is checking in on your people, mm. it it's absolutely amazing because you don't have to lose people. If, if I'm a manager and I say, how can I make this organization better for you? Yeah. Who else is doing that, right? That's right. That's exactly right. I, I'm, I'm chuckling to myself about the marriage metaphor you just used. I like to play this game when I go out to eat. It doesn't matter if I'm with my wife or somebody else. I look around at the other couples in the dining room, 
And my, my basic theory is the ones who are talking to each other, who are engaged in a conversation, obviously, you know, talking no. to each other, they're on a date. <laughs> the, the people who are just sitting there, you know, with their phone versus, in their hand, their head the down, they're just eating. Those are the married people. I mean, by and large, I know that sounds terribly <laughs> negative, but by and large, you look around the dining room next time you go out to eat somewhere. I promise you, you'll see wedding bands on those people who are just sitting there grunting at each other. So yeah. it, it takes effort because it's like we're we're married, right? And you can yeah. just forget to talk to the people around you, much less have a work buddy. Uh, yeah. But instead, going out of your way to create that work happy culture, and yeah. and just say, you know, how's it going? Caring about people other than just what they do. So um, one of the challenges it sounds like, Greg, is thinking about work differently so that yeah. we can understand that just because I hired you and I onboarded you now, I'm not going to send you off to, to do your own thing. Right. It's like the married couple not talking to each other at the dinner table. So what are some other challenges that you've seen in companies in terms of really creating a work happy culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover as well as increasing productivity and profits? Yeah, I, I, I think one of them is, is communication, especially around mental health. Mm. Right. And uh, my journey with mental health, uh, my stepdaughter lost her father to suicide right. five years ago. So that's top of when I talk to people. How do we mm. and I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, but I have the ability to start conversations uh, about mental health. And, and one of the companies I was working with are a construction outfit out of Montana. So these guys are, you know, working in cold weather. They're men, Ooh. men. And mm. I got up. You know, and I'm I'm sharing, you know, my keynote and halfway mm-hmm. through, I start crying, talking about Rachel losing her father. Oh, and wow. afterwards, uh, a kid came up to me and, and chased me down the hallway as I was leaving and said, hey, I have a quick question. He goes, I joined the company here because my buddy said they really, uh, they talk about mental health uh, and they put that first, they make it a priority, free counseling, all these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. So this company, uh, Jackson Construction, is doing an amazing job. Uh, you said, but the problem is I've started here now and I have extreme anxiety and now I have more anxiety because I have to tell somebody else that I have anxiety. Oh, wow. Right. And I said, oh, that, that's a bit of a pickle. I said, who, who's your manager? Who do you have to talk to? And he said, well, it just happened to be the guy that introduced you this morning. I said, oh, perfect. We've had a conversation. That's why you brought me in an outside voice helping to start this conversation. I said, all you need to do is text them and say, hey. I would love to go for a coffee. I have a couple of questions about what Greg said. I said, blame it all on me. <laughs> he said, okay. Uh, and I said, just have a conversation and let him know. That's why you came here because your buddy was here mm. and you already heard about the culture and and this is what I'm struggling with. And, and mm. he reached back out to me. He said, you know what? It was great. We went and had coffee. It was over an hour. And my manager told me, he said, look, if you're struggling with the anxiety or anything that way, all I need is for you to call and let me know. I'll help you get the resources that you need. Mm. And let me know what I need to do for you to cover for you. Here's wow. a manager telling a rookie, I mean, he'd only been there for two weeks. Mm. Let me know how I can do your job for you to cover for you. And when you're ready, we're good to go again. And he goes, his anxiety went from very high to very low, right? Mm-hmm. Because now his manager knows about it and mm-hmm. they can have a conversation and I, I think that's oh, a, a it's it's still a challenge. And you know, eight out of ten people are still not talking about mental health in the workplace because of the shame and the guilt and every that thing that's yeah. associated with it. But when we as leaders 
um, share our own story, where whether it's personal or whatever it is. We've all gone through it, right? From I feel overwhelmed today, to anxiety, I can't get out of bed, you know, all these kind of challenges. Mm. But when we share and like, it's okay to not be okay. Mm. And that's where the magic happens. That's where people can have a conversation. That's where I can build trust with somebody that I work with or works for me mm. and saying, you know what? I've gone to therapy. Have you tried therapy? Right. Mm. And once people know that you've done it and it's worked for you, they want the same thing and you want the same thing for them as well. And that is so liberating when somebody else goes first, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, okay, they, they named it. Uh, the emperor really doesn't have clothes on yeah. and suddenly everybody's yeah. eyes are opened. Right. And yeah. you find out, well, you know, Greg dealt with that. I'm dealing with it too. So since Greg can talk about it, I can talk about it, but somebody has got to go first. So yep. somebody's got to say that, and you're and you're telling me eight out of ten, eighty percent of the people in in the workforce today want to talk about it and don't know how to talk about it. Absolutely. How can I, how can I rise to meet that challenge, uh, regardless of whether I'm in a leadership position or not? How can I decide now's the time for me to begin that very first conversation in our culture, Greg? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a little bit different, right? If if you're a manager and and you sense that people are struggling. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe in your next team meeting to say, hey, I just want to share with you what I've been going through during COVID. I, you know, at times I struggle mm-hmm. with overwhelm and anxiety and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can be whatever story it is, obviously, from the heart and empathetic mm-hmm. and, and to let people know. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. I, when I get off the stage, people will come up to me because there's a connection. Mm-hmm. I've shared my story. And, you know, if you're if you're an employer and you're not sure who to talk to, whether it's HR Trust me, every every organization that I work with has an EAP, Employee Assistance Program, right? Right. But their mental health credits aren't getting used up because people still feel that way. Mm. Um, so I would suggest if, if you're having that feeling, reach out to a partner, a, a friend, a colleague, right? And just okay. say, hey, I, this is going on in my head. How should I bring it up to HR, right? Have someone that you, you can confide in and have that conversation. And it's amazing um, I have them all the time now. And I used to thought, Ooh, it's scary. And am I going to catch it? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But when you have a conversation like that and, and, and be the person that others can rely on and have that conversation going, you know what, if you want, I'm happy to go talk to HR with you. Mm. Right? I'll be there to support you. We've already talked about it, whatever it is, but, but reach out when you're, you know, when, when you're struggling, don't wait, don't wait any longer. Right. Because, mm. You know, it's kind of like holding this glass of water, right? It doesn't matter how much it weighs, but the longer I hold on to it, the heavier it gets. Mm. And if there's something that's bugging you from four years ago, that that puts a lot of pressure on yourself. And a lot of times, I mean, I, I go to counseling, right? When I have an issue, when I struggle, and, and it's a professional who's gone to school who have probably told thousands of people, the same thing that they tell me, but it works, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, that's why they keep telling people, right? Because it works. But yeah, and, and you know, it's—I I don't know who said this, but it, they said it's really hard to read the label on a jar when you're sitting inside, right? Oh, but wow. if you have somebody outside looking in, yep. they can go, "Oh, well, there's your problem," and then and then we can take care of it. And we're all sitting in some kind of jar. 
Yeah. Right? Hopefully peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking sometimes that jars jar pickles. <laughs> yeah, <fair enough. laughs> Here we are, right? Yeah. It's no sweet, just sour, all right? Because yeah. we all find ourselves in a tight spot like that. So, so I can just uh, find somebody that I, I have a good relationship with and say, hey, this may just be me, but here's what I've got going on. Um, yeah. You know, what about you? And so I think you reach that point of pain or in AA, we like to say you reach bottom, right? Yeah. And and you just find yourself there and the, the range of options are limited. And so just have that conversation. It, yeah. That option is there regardless of how well you see it or trust it, but just take that step. And then on the flip side, if you see somebody who's, mindsets changed or attitudes changed or they just oh. seem down um depressed not necessarily in a clinical sense but they just seem to be downcast uh, yeah. reach out to them just care enough about somebody else there it's a lot easier to say hey are you okay you seem like you're a little down than it is to get on the flip side like with your your uh, stepdaughter's dad yeah. right and think of all the things that you wish you had said or could have said that that might have just helped somebody turn the corner. So um, look around, just be aware, uh, regardless yeah. whether you're in leadership or not, and just know that, hey, as Robin Williams said, we're all going through something. Let's just. Yeah. Uh, we're all just, going through something. And, yeah. and another point that uh, just hit me on that is, you know, if, if you hear of somebody who has lost someone to suicide, right? I get this question a lot. I don't know what to say. Well, I didn't either, right? Until the, the incident with, with Rachel's dad. And I remember that afternoon, she went to school, she came home about 11 because she was just overwhelmed. And mm. But some of the kids had found out. And that afternoon, two, uh, they're still very good friends, showed up. One showed up with flowers and the other showed up with cookies and ice cream. So we obviously know who are the better friends. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But they both... They so, both said the exact same thing. We heard what happened. Yeah. We have no idea what to say, but we're here for you. Wow. And that's all you have to do, right? Because that let us know that they were grieving for us. And mm. they were people that we continue to reach out to when, when we struggle at times, right? Mm. Because they showed up. We don't know what to say, but we're here for you. And so wow. that's, that's very key as well, too, right? Because everybody either knows someone personally in their life who has gone through this or, or been left behind mm -hmm. uh, or knows someone who knows someone. And, mm -hmm. and that's just important. Yeah. And, and look, you don't have to wait till it's a 911 situation like that. You yeah. can just go have ice cream anytime absolutely because <laughs> yeah. i'm all about some ice cream in fact you yeah. just reminded me that when our we have two daughters and when our daughters were young i would um i would try to take off friday afternoons took off most friday afternoons and i go pick them up from school I actually yeah. started before our baby girls even in school we go pick up our older sister <laughs> and we we'd go get ice cream and uh we just sit around the table and talk you know like what's going and that on that creates that bond a lifelong bond right yeah exactly. i would imagine your daughters, whether it was highs or lows, they felt okay sharing with you because you had a, a relationship and you had that common bond. 
Yeah, and other than my cholesterol being so high from eating so much ice cream today. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the downside. It was a meaningful experience. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg, uh, tell Work Positive Nation how we can get in touch with you because we've opened up a whole bunch of conversations here and people are going to want to reach out to you, man. So how's the best way to do that? Probably either on LinkedIn. I'm the only Greg Kettner that I found so far. Or my website is just gregkettner.com slash workhappy. That's pretty distinctive, man. Or, You'd be and I, I'm the only guy there. So if you I'm the only Greg respond to the message or the phone call or whatever, there's there's no robots. There's no AI. I'm pretty old. Well, you prompted me. I've got to go look now on LinkedIn and see if I'm the only Dr. Joey Fawcett. I mean, <laughs> I mean how many guys do you know named Fawcett, right? Or Kettner. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Work Positive Nation is always interested in discovering from my guest, Greg, about one thing. So what's one thing Work Positive Nation can do starting today to transform their work culture and make it happier and more positive? I would say be more selfish. Hmm. And by that, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm the CEO, if I'm a manager, if I'm not taking care of myself, if my headspace not in the right place, if my heart's not in the right place, Mm-hmm. How am I going to take care of my people? How am I going to serve other people, right? Wow. So if we start by taking care of ourselves, and for me, it's it's a daily thing. I get up, I read, I breathe, I meditate, and I exercise. And then I'm ready to go, right? And if I don't do that, I'm not good enough. I'm not. <laughs> I'm good, but not good enough to show up for my family, mm-hmm. for my clients, for the people I, I meet, right? So be more selfish, take care of ourselves, make sure that we're okay before so that we can help even more people. Mm, I love it. GregKettner.com is the website. If you want to go to GregKettner.com slash work happy, you can go right to the heart of the matter right there. Greg, thanks so much for being the only Greg Kettner ever to be on a work positive <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> As well, well as the I, only hope, one. I hope to keep it that way, Dr. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> as well as the only one on LinkedIn. I appreciate you so much. I love you, man. Likewise. Thanks for your time and wisdom today. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing because I know we're, we're both working in the same direction and we have so much work to do and, and life is better together. And when people are happy, good things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm positive. That's true. Thank you for listening to this episode of the work positive podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.